models to the floor right now. All the 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 models to the floor right now. Welcome to the 23rd edition of the Sports Reality. My name is Jeremy John. I'm here with my co-host. Rike Akande. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be back in the studio again another week to talk about sports. NBA started. Pretty excited about that. Um, Got a lot of stuff on the show today, so, you know, I'm ready to dive right in. Yes, yes, yes. Eric, how's everything with you? Oh, he, he said Eric it's doesn't good. have a mic, but of course, <laughs> everything is good with Eric on the yeah. other side. We, we saw Eric on a weekend this past weekend. We did. Howard Homecoming did. here for the Lissa Vision Live um, showcase. Oh, it was crazy on Georgia Avenue, man. It was. Crazy. It was. It was. We had, so, a, we had to park a couple blocks away, which is, necess- which is necessary, but, you know, we walked through. Craziness is going on, but it was good to be in the mix. <laughs> well, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, very highly anticipated show. Yes. Uh, we've been uh, anticipating it for several weeks. Yep. Shout out um, to all the Oakwood and WAU viewers that are participating. Yes. Um, shout out to you guys. Yes. Thank you. There. Um, we're going to showcase the uh, Oakwood University, Washington Adventist University doubleheader basketball game this weekend. It will be uh, Saturday starting at 7 p.m. at Tacoma Academy. We will give you the address later and we will show you the flyer also later. And to uh, showcase this game, we will have uh, WAU's men's head coach and athletic director. Yes, yes. Patrick Crary the second. He will be in the building. But we'll also talk about what's going on in the sports world. We have uh, definitely um, the World Series. Um, the NFL and the season opener for the NBA last night. Yes, triple header. Yes, and um, games were actually quite good for for the first night. I know a lot of people would say, oh, it's very sloppy, but uh, they were actually all right. They were. So uh, let's just dive right in and uh, actually start with the NBA. We haven't started with the NBA in several months. I know, man. Uh, it feels NBA like NBA's back. Even though the NBA is back, like I'm still, you know, I'm still hyped about football still. Oh, even though course. my team's not doing well, but um, it, it's good to have the NBA back. Something to watch every night. That's the one thing about the NBA season that kind of gets people. So you can watch it every night. Uh huh. So uh, there were three games last night in the NBA. The first game was the Magic versus the Pacers. And the score of that game, um, Pacers uh, victorious by 10, 97-87. Leading scorer was Paul George with 24 points. Yep. Um, the second game of the night, Miami Heat with the unveiling of their championship banner um, and getting their championship rings. Uh, victorious 107-95 to over the Bulls. It was uh, Derrick Rose's uh, first game back in a year. 
Um, he didn't look too good, did he? Didn't they didn't look good at all? The whole team didn't look too good. They weren't meshing very well. Um, the scoring was uh, kind of uneven. But um, yeah, he didn't look too good. But I'm not I'm not worried about Derrick Rose at all. Um, he's gonna get right back in the swing of things, and um, he has a point. He has a he has some. A point to make this year. He had a he caught a lot of slack last year. Uh-huh. One for not coming back, um, and I don't disagree with that decision at all. But one for not coming back when he was cleared to come back, amongst other things. But um, it was a it was a bad start for the season. But I'm not worried about him. I'm pretty sure he'll be fine. Yes, uh, but there was one Bulls player that was on fire last night. Carlos Boozer with 31 points. I can't stand that nigga. <laughs> I cannot stand him. I just do not like Carlos Boozer. I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's like because he used to draw his hair on, or <laughs> the, I don't know what it is. With the but black, I the stand black, that uh, dude. black ice uh, little thing. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, Carlos Boozer, 31.7 rebounds, um, but. For the Miami Heat, uh, LeBron James with 17 points, 8 assists. And there were quite a few highlights, and we'll definitely show you um, the highlights of that game later on in our NBA segment. And there was the uh, third game of the night, the Battle of L.A., Clippers versus the Lakers. I'm going to ask you this question, but I know you already know the answer. Um, Was it a shocker that the Lakers won? Uh, not really a shocker to me. Oh, it wasn't really a shocker to me. I mean, it's the first game of the season. Like, are you saying because they didn't have Kobe is a shocker? Yes, and yes. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like there's certain people on this team that play better that would play better without Kobe. Like, I feel Co- Paul Gasol would be a better basketball player without playing next to Kobe Bryant. So, I mean, it's not really a big shocker to me um, that they won. It shocks me that Nick Young scored 13 points, but... Why is that a shocker? Because Nick Young is just... Uh, Don't be talking about swaggy P like that. Yo, I didn't... <laughs> Nick Young's just... Uh, Chris Kamen was good to watch him play. Oh, um, yes. He definitely uh, is um, a good addition for the Lakers. Yeah. Leading scorer for the Lakers, Xavier Henry with oh, yeah. 22 points. Yeah, I saw that. And um, the offense of the Los Angeles Clippers did not look too good, but it is game one of 82 yep so um it's too early to say anything really yes it really is um but um i forgot what i was gonna say oh but yes um there are a lot the bench players for the lakers in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. man that's when they really broke the game open it was close you know the first three quarters of the game but in the fourth quarter the bench of the lakers Pretty much it came through. Like you have starters, um, Sean Williams, Steven Nash, three points. Mm-hmm. You have people coming off the bench. Jordan Hill had twelve. Jordan Farmer had sixteen. Like, I mean, they came through. I mean, they scored. And Jody Meeks started the run with his zero step and one. Yeah. And that that broke that started the run that they had. Jordan Farmer, like you said, uh, definitely has had a long trip back to LA since he left. Yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, he got traded. Then he was um, playing overseas mm-hmm. and and made his way back to L.A. And a lot of people criticized him, rightfully, when he was with the Lakers on the, his first stint. Um, but he definitely um, played very well for his first game back in L.A. Um, and, man, it was just a very uh, – the bench stayed in the fourth quarter, the entire fourth quarter. I mean, that could be a good thing for them, especially if Kobe comes back and, you know, their starters get together, get meshed well. To have that strong bench could be big for them in the long run. And it was especially big for the Lakers because the Lakers play tonight 
in Oakland versus the Warriors. And Steve Nash, Pau Gasol, and other starters had the time to, to rest. They didn't have to play. Right. You know, because it's rough to play a doubleheader. Right. You know, it doesn't matter how good you are. It, it It's rough to play the next to day. To travel and go. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that was good to see that the bench was able to keep them. Um, well, not keep them in the game. Actually win the game without the starters. Um there were three games last night, and we have three top plays so far from opening night. Eric, if you could just cue those top plays for us. NBA play number one. And I think, Rike, you saw them all, so yeah. you're going to be entertained also, just like our viewers. NBA play number one. Rebound by Jamal Crawford. That's exactly what the Lakers and how they have to play. Jeez. Hold on right there. Another alley-oop. They are a circus. That a nice alley-oop there by Lob City. Blake Griffin. And uh, I know they're trying to drop that name, but the Clippers, that's that's and part Lobs. of their game. That's Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> that's Blake Griffin's game. Uh, NBA play number two. You can see him before the game for an hour straight. He's working on spot-up threes and free throws. Cole with a beautiful yeah. move and the bucket. How about, how about this move? A little crossover. Rose anticipating the screen. He goes down. Now watch the bench reaction. They love it. Yo, Norris Cole always had this skill level. It's just his confidence. His confidence is slowly rising. And our top play of the night. Ball shifting as well through all kinds of traffic and ball. Matt trying to drive. Fumbles it away. Three on one. Jody Meeks just in. Talk about teamwork right there. That's how you finish a three-on-one break. And we're going to have Patrick Curry in the building, and he will definitely tell us more about a play like this and how good it is for the morale of the team, right? Definitely. They're going to be finishing fast breaks like that on Sunday. Shout out to Ant. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So those are our top plays of the opening night in the NBA. Let's move on to... Major League Baseball and the World Series. Man. This weekend. Fenway Park. Yes, game six is tonight at Fenway Park. But let's talk about game three, four, and five. Quite entertaining games. Uh, remember how game three ended, Rike? Uh, no. All the games are meshed together in my head. <laughs> how did game three end? <laughs> With an obstruction call. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the first time in Major League Baseball history that a World Series game has ended on an obstruction call. We have that play for you. Eric, if you could just play that for us so our viewers can see. Uh, the obstruction play. Sorry. Facing O'Hara, second and third, one out. Tie game in the ninth. Jay, rounds one. Definitely don't want to end the game that way. However, 
it is the rule. And you'll see when they show the replay why it is an obstruction play. Did he make the call right away? It appears that he did, signaling the home plate umpire Dana DeMuth. A remarkable play by Petroyos dove to his right on the short hop, gets the first man. Watch Craig in the background going to third. So the first man is out. The throw is wide. And now yeah, Mel Brooks can't get out of the way. Uh -huh. Obstruction is called. Craig, who can't run, normally would have been out at home. Salta Lamacchia making a great play. There's one out. That's the second out. Yeah, Mel and he was leaning too. Third. There's the obstruction. Mel Brooks. This game ends with an obstruction call. This game ends 5-4 because of that right there. The throw home, it looked like the tag had Craig. Yes. But immediately, Dana DeMuth points down to third base because of this. As the feet go up, Alan Craig gets tangled in the legs of Will Middlebrooks and can't get toward home plate without falling down. Inadvertently or otherwise. Dang, that sucks. Yes, uh, and if you are a uh, Cardinals fan, you are extremely happy with the outcome of that play. But if you were a Red Sox or a just a fan of the game, you definitely were not thrilled with um, the obstruction call. But by rule... Uh, it is an obstruction. Um, Middlebrooks's legs were in the path, the base path, of um, of um, between third base and home plate. Mm -hmm. So um, yes, it was the right call, and of course, the day after, you you know, you just get over it. But game four ended this way. Eric, if you could just play that clip for us, the pickoff play. Great heads up. Picks off and they'll show you the, the replay of what happened. No great heads up. Happened. Wong, with his team down That's a great by play. two, makes the last out. That's a great play. Uhara picks him off. And Carlos Beltran is standing at the plate with a bat in his hands. And the Red Sox celebrate the victory. Talk about shocking. <laughs> I think everyone heard you, but that's fine. <laughs> His night is finished. Game four is finished. And a stunned crowd here at Bush Stadium watches the Red Sox celebrate tying this series at two games apiece. Koji Uohara gave up the base hit and then kicked off the pinch runner, Colton Wong. So, yes, and that's how game four ended. And if you're a Boston Red Sox fan, you're probably like, yeah, that's payback. But um, first of all, I don't know why Colton Wong was even trying to um, try to act as if he was stealing. Right. To go to second when that, uh, that situation was not the time to even try and get to second. But he got picked off. And in game five, the um, Red Sox came, on, came up on top victorious. Game six is going on right now. Are the Red Sox wrapping up in six, or is it going seven? Um, I, I'm still sticking with the Red Sox winning. Um, I think it's going to go game seven, though. I also think it's going to go game seven. 
Same thing with same prediction as you. The Red, the Red Sox, Sox will win, yeah. and the Red Sox will win their first World Series in Boston in numerous years. I don't even know how the exact year was the last time. It's been time. a lot of years. It's been uh, decades. <laughs> Because the last two World Series that they won, they were on the road. So uh, Boston will win in Boston, and uh, Beantown will go crazy. We have our sports bloopers. Um, Eric, if you could just uh, play our sports bloopers for us, for our uh, viewers to see what we thought was very funny in the sports world. Gatorade yep. all over. Really, really poor execution there. This is Real Madrid and Juventus, that, and this is bad. Artua, Artua Vidal trying to <laughs> He tried to point as if he got he tripped. <laughs> and our second blooper. How do you miss the ball? Game six of the ALCS between the Tigers and the Red Sox. We're going to sling this ball around, but what you really need to keep an eye on is this rundown here with Prince Fielder. He's going to dive back towards the back. Comes up just a little short. Uh, the effort was looks there. Like Manny the Ramirez. span was not. Oh, yeah. Just shy yeah, of third base. Far away. And those are our bloopers of the week. Man, that was bad. <laughs> Let's move on to the NFL. Is this is the first time we've ever started the NFL since it started this late into the show, right, Rika? Yeah, we usually start out with it, but, you know, <laughs> NBA is back, so. Yes, and Major League Baseball on its championship run. Let's recap week eight of the NFL, starting with last um, last Thursday. The Panthers just demolished the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers are still winless. Panthers 31-13. When is uh, Shiano getting fired? I don't know. It's happening, though. It's happening very soon. Out in London, um, I don't know why they keep on putting Jacksonville out there, but uh, Jacksonville is in London, and they played against the 49ers, 42-10 over the Jaguars. Browns kept this game very close, but the Chiefs are still undefeated. The only undefeated team, 23-17 over the Browns. Patriots, 27-17 over the Dolphins, but... Tom Brady looks like he's hurt with that swollen hand. We'll yeah. see what happens throughout the rest of the season. Saints with an easy win over the Bills, 35-17. This game, a heartbreaker for me. I know you're going to definitely enjoy this and laugh. I don't take comfort in your losses. Well, yeah, you're not the typical Redskins <laughs> fan. Comfort but, me? Oh, man. Lions came back from a six-point deficit. That was an impressive drive. With one minute left <laughs> and no timeouts. Listen, Megatron is a man amongst boys. Yes, he is. 31-30 over my Dallas Cowboys. Uh, let's talk about how bad the NFC East is. 15-7, uh, that was the Giants over the Eagles. Giants won with five field goals. Five times three is 15, right, Rike? It is. That's we, terrible. We learned that in third We're grade. We're so bad. The NFC East is bad. Steelers thought they were going to go out to the black hole and take the W away, but Terrell Pryor had had Nashed another the decision. Record. <laughs> 21-18 over the Steelers. Sean Sweesham became Son Sean Sweesham again. Missed two field goals that were under 40 yards, and they ended up losing by three. Bengals demolished the Jets 49-9. The Falcons, I'm sorry, the Cardinals beat the Falcons 27-13. Falcons are not looking the same without Julio Jones, without, um, I think Roddy White did not play, or if he did, he's not effective 
Um, they're not looking too good right now. Uh, Broncos over the Redskins, 45-21. Redskins had the lead even going into the f- going into the fourth quarter. Correct? No, I think we lost in the third quarter. Okay, all right. But uh, Broncos, 31 points in the fourth quarter. That game actually, we'll talk about that game coming up, so I'll wait um, for that. Actually, no, you're right. We were up. 40 uh Packers 44-31 over the Vikings on Sunday night. There was a record that was broke or tied. It was tied. Uh Corderell Patterson the rookie uh out of man, I can't remember what school he's from with a 109-yard kickoff return to open the game and the uh Monday night game which was in St. Louis the same time that the St. Louis Cardinals Red Sox game was going on. Mm-hmm. Um Rams almost won that game until the offensive coordinator blew it with his choice of with the play call. Uh, But Seahawks 14-9. One uh, story for the Seahawks. They're they're beat up. They are injured. Out of all these games this week, Rike, which game was the game to watch this weekend? Um, I mean, I'm just... The only game that's on my mind about this weekend is just the Redskins game. The Dallas game was entertaining. I really, the last drive was really impressive by the the Lions. But um, probably the two games that I cared about the most were the Redskins and Cowboys game. Well, let's talk about them since uh, I have a lot to say. Let's, let's start with the Redskins game. Um, were before the game, what was your realistic uh, prediction of the game? Um. I really thought we were going to keep them under 40 points, and I really thought it was going to be a close game. I did not think we were going to win. I hate to say that, but I did not think we were going to win, but I definitely thought it was going to be a close game. And then when the game started out, the first half, I was just like, this is exactly the type of game that I thought it was going to be. Then I don't know what happened in the third quarter. We just, we like abandoned everything that was working for us, and we typically do that. I had no clue. I just have no clue why this continuously happened, but we abandoned everything that started working for us, which was running the ball. And like, it's like we panicked when when Denver started scoring again. It's like we wanted all these these deep balls. We wanted the the home run, the big play. When it wasn't necessary, when the game was tied, we were going for the big play, throwing the ball down the field. Um, on like a third and like on second and ten, we're still throwing the ball like the deep ball, and then we just stop running the ball completely. And um, I don't know, it's just it's really frustrating to see the type of play calls that are being made like in in crunch time situations, and especially in the second half, it's just disappointing and annoying. Um, but realistically, I thought it was going to be a close game, and we're gonna hold them to to under 40 points and um, be like right there with them, like we were in the first half. But um. That's it's just a disappointing, frustrating. I my initial prediction was the uh, Broncos were going to win and they were going to win big. But um, when I uh, tuned into the game after work and I saw that the Redskins were leading, and then uh, Peyton Manning, I almost called him Tom Brady, like Vontae Davis. Um, <laughs> Peyton Manning threw that uh, pick six, six to uh, D'Angelo Hall. At that point, I I really I said to myself. Oh, the Redskins are going to win this game. This is the game that Redskins usually win. The, the tough road games against a tough, uh, very good team. Like, they, they have won one of these wins every year. So I thought, okay, they're going to steal a win. Uh, but um, like you said, they abandoned the run. And not only were they just passing on downs that weren't necessary passing, they were, like you said, going throwing the ball very deep. 
you know, first and ten, and you're going for the home run ball. Yeah. Right. Uh, I remember that RG3, he must have threw that ball 70 yards in the air, one of the incomplete passes. Then there was, a, there was another one that he threw behind Josh Morgan. Mm-hmm. However, Josh Morgan, when you get that much of your hand on the ball, that much of your hand on the ball, you got to catch that. And I thought that was a... Um, I mean, RG3, his his passing accuracy is still kind of off. Like, it's still, I mean, not that he was the most accurate last year, but it still seems like he's not, you know, comfortable with throwing the football. And I don't know, they've been saying, talks have been said, like Shanahan came out and said, I think today, that, you know, it's due to lack of of reps uh-huh. in the preseason and stuff like that. Yeah, dummy, you didn't let him play in the preseason. When you knew he was going to play the first game, let him get some like some series and some preseason games like and that's decision still dumb to me um but um yeah and that's i mean he's right that's part of the reason why he's kind of out of sync and and stuff like that i mean he's throwing mechanics are starting to look better because in the beginning of the season it's like he wasn't even trying to put any pressure on his back his back leg but mm-hmm. now he's planting his back foot the mechanics are looking better but now it's just the accuracy is a problem and i mean that's just due to what Shanahan said you know if we have time, we'll talk about the uh, Dallas Cowboys um, Detroit game later because I have a lot to say about that too. You always do. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to our top plays in the NFL of Week Eight. Eric, if you could just cue those plays for us, please. Do you hear that music? Uh. Pierre Garçon with the one-handed acrobatic catch. Short of the first down. Goodness. That is unbelievable right there. That's Chris Carter-like right there. If Pierre Garçon could get another That's receiver on the other side, Redskins can be scary. <laughs> If they had Pierre Garçon and Santana Moss when he was in his prime with the Redskins, whew. I mean, Santana Moss is still getting us first downs. <laughs> that could be scary. Uh, play number two. Des. Baby Megatron is what I like to call him. That's a fair assessment. I don't have a problem with that. Baby Megatron. He's very good. and um, He took a lot of... Um, Took a lot of heat for his uh, tantrum, or quote-unquote tantrum. Oh, yes. Thanks and, for uh, showing me that. And I showed you the video earlier of what he really was saying during that tantrum, but we will talk about that later. And our top play of the week. He does not slow down. He does not slow down at any point. People might say this is blasphemy, but that run was reminiscent of Bo Jackson. <laughs> I said it. I think so. <laughs> I said it. Yeah, I was very fast. Welcome back to the Sports Reality. I am Jeremy John, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Rike Akande, and for the first time, and Patrick Cray II, head basketball coach for the men's team at Washington Adventist University and the athletic director. I always forget that part. Huh. <laughs> Which comes first, by the way? Athletic director. <laughs> How's everything with you? Everything's good. Glad to be here. Excited. Big week for us. Um, ready for Oakwood to come. Ready to get the season started. Our students are happy. Our alumni are happy. Everybody's ready to go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get started in coaching? Where did it start? How long have you been coaching? I started when I was 19. I hurt my back. 
uh, playing at La Sierra University. Um, hurt my back. I knew I was finished. And it was, what's the next step? I got invited to help a eight and under AAU team. Now, this was terrible. Kids couldn't dribble. Wow. They couldn't <laughs> shoot. They couldn't talk. And I'm going crazy. I'm coaching them like how I coach now, yelling at them. You can't do this. You can't do that. And um, I just kept moving up. I figured I was pretty good. Started coaching the 16s, 17s. Uh, we beat Finley Prep my first year coaching the 17s. Finley Prep is one of the top wow, five high yes. school teams in the nation every year. Yes. Um, they have four or five D1 players on the team. We beat them. Then I went to La Sierra Academy for one year. Then at my alma mater, La Sierra University, assistant coach for four years. Okay. Then I left there in Tacoma Academy, my alma mater, for one year. And then now I've been at Washington Adventist for four years. So it's been a lot. Uh, it's been a lot of work. I, mean, I want to say my first eight years of coaching, I made about, you know, $30 maybe. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's the truth. It's the grind. That's what I tell young coaches today. If you're not willing to do it for free, you're never going to get paid. That's Man, true. Tell me about it. <laughs> that is true. Now, with the upcoming season uh, starting this Saturday, uh, of course, uh, going up against Oakwood University, um, who are the other notable teams this season that, Washington Adventists will be competing against. We play against the preseason number two team in the NCAA Division II, West Liberty University. They have been in the top four in the nation for the last five years. They're 49-1 and one at home in the last 50 home games. Oh, wow. wow. They've averaged over 100 points a game a year and over 40% shooting from three as a team mm. for the last four years. So we got our work cut out for us with them. We also have Elizabeth City in the CIAA. Yes. Yeah, I remember you guys playing them. Yeah. So we have we have some very good teams. Central State, uh, HBCU out of Dayton. They're very tough. Made the NCAA tournament about two years ago. So we have a tough schedule like we always do. You know, I don't hire from anybody. I love to play the best. I mean, to be the best, you got to beat the best. So That's we're, right. looking, we're looking forward to it. Cool, cool. All right. So what, what actually attracted you to WAU? Did How did you get there? How did you end up there? They came to me, actually. I mean, it was it was a blessing in disguise. I was at Tacoma Academy, and I was supposed to become the head coach at La Sierra University. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some things that you do will catch up to you. And I, as a student there, you know, I, there was some couple things that I did outside, you know, in the dorm that just young students do that just weren't within the rules of the campus. And everything was set up for me. I had my job ready. I had 11 players recruited to go there, and the dean – wasn't going to sign my contract. And so I was devastated. Um, I was crying. I couldn't get over it. Uh, so I had to stay home. I was already home, and I was planning to go back. And once I came back here, um, Bruce Pfeiffer, actually, he was the athletic director at the time. He was the VP, actually. He had called my old high, my old college coach, Joel Haldeman, who mm-hmm. I worked for, asked him if he wanted to do the job. He said no. But I have a young guy out there who's great. Um, Piper found me, talked to me, and from there, the rest is history. I mean, it just shows I worked for him for four years, and he was an okay coach. You know, I mean, I mean, X, he was great at X's and O's, but player personnel, he just he really didn't couldn't relate to players very well. And I never badmouth him. I never backtalk him. It just so happens that, you know, four or five years later, he gives me a recommendation, and bam, look where I am. It could change my whole career. Wow. That's, that's great. That's great. Um, with this, uh, this is your fourth season at WAU um, as the head coach of the men's team. Um, have you made any adjustments to your coaching style or philosophy that you um, from day from year one to year four? It's crazy. It's my fourth year. I just turned thirty last month. I, I, oh, feel, wow. I feel like man, I've been here for a while. Um, when I first came at twenty six, I thought I knew everything. In all actuality, I knew nothing. 
Um, but I changed my philosophy a lot uh, based upon the playing level at the Division Two level. And if you can't score, you can't win. And a lot of people play a defensive game, and you just limit yourself and put yourself in a lot of close games, and it's easy to get a lot of losses. So my first year coming in, we was very disciplined. It was all about defense, um, limiting possessions of the game, playing a short game. And it helped us out. I mean, we won 10 games my first year. They hadn't won 10 games in 13 years. That is true. I remember so the instant I re- change. I remember I'll never that. <laughs> it, was, it was a good year, but it wasn't enough. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, our second year, we were 14 and 14, and we were very good. We just had a couple games we couldn't win. Lost to Longwood. They're D1 by two. Um, Philadelphia made the tournament, lost to them at the buzzer. We had a couple of close games that could have had us going another way. Um, but we um, really so I'm need sorry, to get real it going. quick. Was that the year that you. Um, Played it, played it tight to the end with uh, Delaware State also? That was my first. That's, that's the Delaware State game haunts me to this day. <laughs> I mean, we were up four with a minute, ten seconds to go. They were wow. Division One. It was my first game ever coaching. I knew, oh, wow. I but I knew, I knew we had a chance because they had nothing on me. There was no book on me. There was mm-hmm. no recruits. Right. I mean, if you're going to get them, that's how you got to get them on our level. And we just didn't get it done. I'm sorry. And then you said um, for, you were 14 and four that well, year. Yeah, 14 and 14 that year. Um, we started getting up and down. Um, but the main difference for me in my coaching philosophy has been my recruiting. I was always thought that it was superstars, it's superstars, superstars. You have a superstar, you can't win. And it's not that case on the collegiate level. You need a team, you definitely need shooters, and you definitely need speed. And so for us, uh, my philosophy has gone that way, but everything comes around with character first. And if your character isn't right, you know, it's not going to work. So for us, we think, think character first, and that's not how I used to think, and I think it's going to help us build the program and be good for a few years. Sure. Well, I, I've been to a couple of you guys' practices, and I know you guys have a really young team. Is that does that having that young team make you prepare any differently for the season? Extremely. I'm extremely more lenient than I ever have been. Okay. Um, I've calmed down more than I ever have. Um, I'm a very feisty coach. You guys know I get up and down, mm-hmm. rub some people the wrong way, but it's mm-hmm. just the intensity and the passion that I go at work with. Right. And with these young players, you have to instill confidence early. And it's one thing hard once you lose to try to get back is the confidence of a young player. So I'm doing the best that I can do to keep them confident, but at the same time keep them disciplined, and it's a very fine line. Uh, just real quick, um, there are quite a few freshmen on the team. Just real quick, who are they and where are they from? I'll just name a couple. One is Eric Lindsay, um, shooting guard from uh, Southern High School in Anne Arundel County. Eric is a stud. I mean, Eric is going to be a fabulous player. Um, I, if Eric just keeps his head on straight, does his good schoolwork, and keeps a good character as he has, he will be a 1,000-point scorer. Okay. He's, a, he's a great player. He might be one of our top two scorers this year as a freshman off the bench. Wow. Um, the other one is Calvin Lovett. He led PG County in three-point field goals made last year, mm-hmm. uh, 69 threes in 18 games. The other one is uh, Akel Bazell, power four from Gwen Park High School. Mm-hmm. Um is going to be very good for us. It's taking a little while from the Virgin Islands. But we like Akel. A little bit of ankle injury now, but he'll be fine. Um, and then Tyrus Fleetwood, we got him from St. Mary's Garetti, probably the biggest school that we've gotten a kid from out of the Baltimore Catholic League. Uh, right now he's our point guard, and he'll probably be our point guard moving forward. Um, he's in the backup role right now. But I, I really like Tyrus. I think Tyrus will be a very good player. He just has to keep learning. All right. Okay. So what is the – I know when I was younger, it used, this Oakwood 
WAU game was big. My brother and my cousin played for Oakwood. They would come down. Um, there's tons of Oakwood alumnus in the area. It's it's going to be a big game just because these are two schools where you have big alumni in the DMV area. So what's kind of like the history behind it? I know you guys just kind of picked it up. Again, there had been a large gap of this big game. So what's kind of like the history behind it? This, like, quote-unquote rivalry. We were going down there... We're talking early 2000s. Yes. Early 2000s. We were going down there. They were coming up to us. Um, it went for about four or five years. Then mm -hmm. it kind of stopped. Um, when I came back, I, I, when I came to WAU, I wanted to make it happen as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. But they really didn't want to come. And, you know, I was kind of arrogant. Didn't want to go down there until they came. Mm -hmm. But actually what happened is they won uh, the USCAA tournament, which is... Mm -hmm. Uh, was a big victory for their school and a big victory for Adventist Athletics. And once that happened, I just my respect level for them went through the roof. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, we'll come down and play you. Um, so after that game, I said, well, if we're going to come down, you guys have to come to us. So we played right. them last year down there. We played pretty well. And now they're coming to us this year. We would like for it to happen on a yearly basis. It's just a lot of logistics that have to happen. Hopefully this is a very good weekend coming up and we can keep this thing going. Well, you answered the next three questions all in the same response, and that's fine. Um, but uh, last season, you mentioned last season, uh, was it during the Martin Luther King Jr. tournament that they had? Yeah. Uh, how did both teams play last season? I think that they kind of weren't ready for the intensity. We made it a bigger game than I think they did. I uh -huh. mean, for us, I pro we probably were just another Adventist school coming to play them. Um, when we went down there, I told my players, you know, the history of the school. Um the history of our school, how we need to conduct ourselves down there, how we needed to play down there, and how we need to let people know that, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, basketball begins and ends at Washington events. And our kids took that to heart, and they played their hearts out. When we say we were up 36 in the second half, ended up winning in the, t in the teens. Um, but we were ready to go. We were just ready to go focus. This was one of our better games last year. I think uh, Oakwood came on strong at the end of the game, but we were just a little bit too much from the jump. Okay. Have you do you, have you done any, or have you seen any, or done any research on Oakwood's team? Do you know like who their big, what their biggest threats are? I guess offensively or defensively. I, I can't tell you that on the radio. <laughs> I mean, come on. You want me to get Belichick on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of Oakwood's best players is Ronnie Clark, though. He's a point guard. He was the point guard on their uh, championship team. Ronnie's a fabulous player. Another one of their players is Maxwell Keynes. He's a forward from mm -hmm. West Palm Beach. Uh, Florida. I actually recruited Maxwell as well. I know he's a great young man. He's going to be a very good player. Okay. So those are two of their better players. Strategic-wise, we are not. We can't get into that. Oh, of course. Of course. Well, uh, before um, before we finish this interview up, let's have uh, some rapid-fire questions for you. Who is your hero? My father. It's not even close. Wow. That was quick. Yeah. Favorite current basketball player? My favorite current basketball player. This is a tough one. I'm, I would probably have to say Kyrie. I mean, I, I love... Kyrie. I, if, if my point guard can't score, I just don't really like you. I've always been down with point guards <laughs> that can score. That's why I like Isaiah Thomas over Magic Johnson. You know, you can say whatever you want to mm -hmm. me. But if you can't score, you just can't do it for me because I'm a big-time pick-and-roll coach. So uh, I would have to say Kyrie at this point in time. Okay. Favorite all-time basketball player? All-time basketball player. It's got to be Kobe. I mean, just Kobe's just too nice. I mean, he's great footwork, great work ethic. Uh, just a dog, you know. Kobe Bean. Oh, I love Kobe. It's got to be Kobe. Um, best vacation spot? Oh, Mexico. Mexico is a great place to go. Um, Aruba is a, a nice place to go. The Cayman Islands, beautiful. I don't think I have a best one. As long as I'm on a beach, there's water, 
I don't really care. Favorite food? Uh, pizza. Got to be pizza. Pizza. Now, is pizza going to be your pregame meal? No, I don't have – I'm too nervous on game days. When I wake up late, you know, I usually get up, always go get a shape up early on, on game days as much as I can. And, mm-hmm. uh, I got to make, make sure my suit's ready. You know, I got too much going on. <laughs> I mean, I got to make sure my plays are ready. I probably don't even eat until the game is over. And if we lose, I'm probably not eating for the day. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned you, how you're nervous before a game. Is there any pregame superstitions? The only superstition I really have is that I like to come out at six minutes. Okay. Every single time. I think the stands. My second year was when our crowd was at its height and stay. I mean, we used to have, I mean, you know, our gym, we're seating 200 people. We were packing 700 people in there. Mm-hmm. And I would come out with six minutes to go, and it was just like. Sweat The box. Roman, you know, it was just like <laughs> it was crazy out there. It was people everywhere, and I just, I loved that, and I fed off the energy. It got my focus level up. So now, even if I go on the road and we're playing in, you know, some small school in Pennsylvania and it's 50 people there, I'm coming out with six minutes to go. Okay. Best game you've ever played of any, in any sport? The best game I've ever played, uh, Tacoma Academy, senior year versus Capital Christian, 18 points in the first half, five threes. We got them out of there. Got I mean, that, that, was, that was the best. Not, not close. That's the best one. Best game you've ever coached? It's funny we talk about the Delaware State game because that was the best game I coached. I mean, I did a great job with that game. Our management was on point. We just turned the ball over at the end of the game in inopportune times. But I, I did it. I did the best that I could. Um, I look back at it. That's the only game I really look back and say, ah, you know, we could have had that one. But that's the best game I've ever coached. Favorite win as a player? Oh, oh the best. This is the best game ever. We were. I was at La Sierra University playing against Occidental. We're Division Three. Occidental was number 11 in the country. They were 21-0. We went there. We were supposed to, at their place, supposed to get beat by 45 at least. Um, and we just played some grinded-out zone offense. Actually, motion offense. We never played it before. We were a Princeton team. And we played this grinded-out motion offense for one game. And our boy, Justin Norman, it was his 21st birthday. He was our shooting guard. He was a stud. He was a white kid. He was a stud. And he... Got the ball in overtime, down two. She's a 30-footer at the buzzer. Bang, goes in. We went by one. Me and wow. my uh, Brian Wright, my best friend, he's the uh, scouting coordinator for the Orlando Magic. We're down there. We're jumping up and down on each other. You know, We had a good time during that game, and we had a better time after that game. It was a great day. <laughs> great day. <laughs> oh, man. That could go so many ways. Uh, that. Post-game celebration. Too many. <laughs> Favorite win as a coach. Um favorite win as a coach, it would have to be my first victory at WAU. I mean, we were 0-7, but we had lost to two, D, two D1s by a combined five points, and we had lost six of our seven losses were by less than five points. So we knew how to play. We just didn't know how to win. And it was difficult because I was starting to feel like, man, maybe I don't know how to Maybe I'm not good enough. And that first win, when I got that first win, it was like the monkey was off my back. I think mm-hmm. I got like a a water bath when we got back. Well, I mean, my assistant coach, we're hugging each other. It was a great victory. I can still remember it. And uh, what do you want people to remember about your career when you retire from coaching? I mean, I think every coach that is really serious about coaching wants the best. They want to be the best. I mean, I want to remember, you know, the guy who changed Adventist athletics and a lot of other different things. But I want to be known as the best, period. So, you know, when – you look at it, you know, my players say, how are you going to be better than Coach K or John Calipari? I'm going to work. I mean, that's all, that's all you can do. If you mm-hmm. work and you do the best that you can do, you can be the best. I mean, you look at guys like 
Lawrence Frank. I guess Lawrence Frank played in the NBA. Absolutely nope. not. He's been in the league for how many years? Like 20 years. Like two head coaching jobs. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the work that you put in. Um, and I believe that there's nobody that's put in more, more work than I have before the age of 30. And Brad Stevens is 32. I don't think Brad Stevens worked harder than me. Uh, I just think we're in two different positions. And so I think if I keep doing what I'm doing and I keep honoring God, the Lord is going to bless me in the long run. He's already blessed me to this far. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm looking forward to what's out there in the future. And I'm just happy to where I am now. I was also. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on into the studio with us. Uh, Erica, can you show the uh, flyer for the um, game this weekend? Uh, we have the, it's a doubleheader. The women will be playing at 7 p.m. Um, and the men will be following right after approximately um, 8 p.m. Do you know the address, Rike, since you do work there? Uh, 8120? <laughs> Is that 8120 yes. Carroll yes. Avenue to Cone Park, Maryland. Yes. We're definitely going to tweet um, this flyer again as well as the address to the school. Um, tickets are definitely still available, so you can call that number. Tickets will be on sale at the door as well? Tickets will be on sale at the door, but we're cutting it off at 1250. So, okay. And right now we're at about mm, 700 sold before the game. It's going to be bananas. I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. Definitely um, call the number on the bottom of the flyer if you just want to see some good local college basketball um definitely call the number get your ticket now be there early yes pat while you're here you'll definitely stay on for our q a session oh cool can i get some shout outs oh yeah go ahead ahead. definitely i just want to shout all the people listening you know if you're from wau stand up i mean represent shock nation we're in the building everybody down in uh florida california uh, Tacoma Park, Maryland. You know, my son, PC3, he's out there listening. I know he's ready. He probably wants to play. He can't play yet, though, so you got to wait. <laughs> in the future. And then all you Oakwood alumni, please come to the game. Uh, Matthew White. Oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Yeah, you cut me off on the radio loud. Did you go to Oakwood? It's like, no. <laughs> all you Oakwood alumni, we shout you out. We want to see you guys at the game. We look forward to your support. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. And we're going to move on to our Q&A session. If you have a question that you would like for us to answer right now, sports-related, call. Uh, what is the number, Rike? Oh, dang. Get me on the spot. <laughs> I'm going to have the number up, Jeremy. But we have one caller right now. From? Uh, Matthew White. Yo, what's up, Matt? We have Matthew White on the air. Matthew, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. good. And what's, good. what's your question for us? Oh, who do y'all think is going to win Rookie of the Year in the NBA? Mm. Ooh, good question. Oh, Victor Oladipo. I'm going first. Definitely Orlando Magic. Victor, he's a- <laughs> Definitely was gonna, and we didn't even talk about his performance. I didn't even <laughs> highlight it. I was I was in practice to see Victor Oladipo a couple of weeks ago. He just—he's a seasoned kid. I mean, he's a smart kid, character first. I'm definitely going with Victor. I heard he's a good work, work ethic too. Oh, he does. Team takeover, stand up. <laughs> Who do you got, Jeremy? I was gonna say that too, and then we could—we could, all across say, yeah. the board. Victor yes. Oladipo, Rookie of the Year, won't be Otto Porter. Oh man! <laughs> Thank you so much for calling, Matthew. Uh, next call. Can I call back with more questions. Well, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We appreciate you. Yes. <laughs> If there's anyone else out there that would like to call and uh, ask us a question on there, call us right now, 240-389-3915, and we will answer your sports-related question right now. Got some Twitter questions. DJ Boom, our CEO. Yes. Will Miami three-peat? I've said this from before the season started that they will, now that they've deepened their bench. 
Absolutely. Le- LeBron is LeBron is everything. Come on, guys. Be serious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that because uh, there's, well, there's a lot of people who don't think he's anywhere close to, to being good. Like good at basketball? <laughs> yeah, some people, some yeah. people don't. Their names are haters? Is that what their name is? Yeah, I, I, exactly I guess that's what, what it is. <laughs> if you know anything about basketball, you'll know we have never seen anything like LeBron since MJ. I mean, no, we've never seen anything like LeBron ever. Besides MJ, it's a different breed. He's a different person. He's a he's cyborg. Not human. He's like a created player. He's a 99 <laughs> exactly. everything. <laughs> exactly. LeBron, amazing. If there's anyone out there that would like to ask any more questions for us, we are introducing the call-in segment. We haven't had that before. It's a so, new cool um, feature. Definitely call in. So, yes, call in 240-389-3915. And until someone calls, um, I'm going to go on my little rant about my Dallas Cowboys. Can I talk, Rike? Go ahead. Keep it brief. I'm putting <laughs> the timer on. Pat, feel free to interject anytime. You start <laughs> just, just, just hope someone calls right now so we can just answer the question. Yes. What uh, happened the, with your Cowboys? Talk man, to us. Man, you know, I went from uh, the um, ecstasy of victory because I, I caught the um, – I was listening to the game, and um, we ended up getting the field goal to make it six points, and I felt a little nervous at that point because the play before, there was a holding call that stopped the clock, mm-hmm. and that stopped the clock. So we kicked the field goal. Yes, we go up by six. But I knew that we were going to have a rookie starting – not starting, a rookie who was playing safety – and another guy who just got signed off the practice squad on Thursday. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm pretty nervous because they're just going to march down the field. And Bruce, not Bruce, Barry Church got hurt during the game. Yep. So I was just like, oh, my goodness, like they have time to go down the field. And um, the first two plays, it didn't look like they were going down the field. But then they threw that bomb to, um, I can't Durham. And then the next pass was to... Uh, um, Calvin Johnson, who had 329 receiving yards, Megatron. which is insane. And then um, Matthew Stanford did his um, his uh, Dan Marino interpretation uh, impersonation and um, ended up saying fake spike and ended up going over the top for a quarterback sneak. Mm. And I went from um, just pure ecstasy to, ecstasy to agony of dis- defeat. I was a highly, highly upset. Aren't you used to this though? Like you gotta be used to this. Man, the Cowboys break my heart more than any girl has ever broken my heart. Honestly, this is way worse than just having a team that's not performing to their potential. A- absolutely. This I, is way worse to bring you to I mean a minute or something on the clock and then you just lose. You could have won the Super Bowl probably every year for the last ten years. I mean, and you don't even make the playoffs. Man, they, they 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 break my heart. I think that's why I'm balding too. Just the stress. Do you, you, know? you know I don't know you guys listen to you know Steve Zabin. He always says one thing. If if it's a touchdown that can beat you, that touchdown will beat you. <laughs> Anytime it's so, you're down, you're it's so true, man. Like if you're down six in the fourth quarter, you are going to lose. So true. <laughs> it so just true. And I honestly thought you guys were winning the game up until that field goal that you were talking about. Then I was just like, that. There's quite a bit of time, yeah. and there's a Megatron on this team, and I mean, jump ball. Was, just if it was happening. three, if it was three, they probably don't try to score a touchdown. They probably just say, let's just try to get, get this field goal real right. quick. And then uh, it's just tough. I guess what I don't feel sorry for you though. I know y'all don't. Not feel sorry. Httr. Just so you guys know, Patrick Curry the second's a wise man. He is a Washington Redskins fan. Httr. I named my son after RG three PC three. Definitely. 
<laughs> Real quick, if we could get one more caller, one more caller, 240-389-3915, give us a call. Uh, Rike, was there anything that um, this week that you saw, any sport that uh, that interested you? Or Pat. I just wanted to get Rike's assessment. I wanted to get, you know, you, you do picks of the game. Like, who do you think is going to win this game? To be again? Yeah, the women's game. And we the actually men's game. talked about this, and we were saying we were going to keep our predictions out of this. I, I think you we, asked though. I think. We, I mean, I really want to your predictions. I mean, I'm not. My fans are going to be hurt. I know you're going to pick us because you've seen us practice. I have, and that's and that's just the thing. I, I know a little bit about the um, Oakwood's team, who they have. I know a little bit about the players that you named and talked about. Um, I really think the determining factor is going to be just the aggressiveness, the, the tempo that you guys play at. I think it's going to be a big um, factor in the game. As far as the girls, don't know much about the, um, Oakwood girls. Some of my f- um, past players that are down there have told me about their team, said they're pretty solid. Um, Asia Thomas, shout out to Asia, by the way, Thomas. Um, stud. Straight up stud. Graduate of Tacoma Academy, freshman year at um, WAU. This will be her debut for college. I definitely have WAU shutting out. Mm. On Saturday night, girls mm, and boys clean, in the doubleheader. Sweet. Just cleaning yeah, house. A lot, of, a lot of mad people in <laughs> there, there is, Let me tell you, when we said there's a large Oakwood alumni basis here, there is a large base. We a will, very large base. We will be outnumbered. Oh, definitely. We will be outnumbered. Oh, definitely. So, um, WAU, definitely bring the whole school, please. Bring, your whole, bring the whole school. Yes, Jeremy yes. and I will be in the building. Yes. Eric, if you could just uh, put up that flyer real quick before we get out of here. Oh, we forgot our sports memes. We sure did. Oh, let's do it right now real quick. Eric, you're so nice. <laughs> this is meme number one right here. Vin, uh, Vince Young thinking to himself, Brett Favre almost came back. <laughs> Man, before, Vince Young got to work out. Man. <laughs> meme number two. Please don't kill me. That is uh, Tyler Hansborough when he realized who had fouled him, Ron Artest. <laughs> that was hilarious. Facial expression just changes. <laughs> Turn around to look. Meme number three. And Manti Tail's girlfriend oh. got the handoff. <laughs> That's funny. That was a great play, too, because he ended up scoring on that play. He did. <laughs> meme number four, which is not really a meme. Just want to show you our boy Chris Bosh. Listen, he can't live. It's oh. NBA again. <laughs> You better believe that Chris Bosch memes are back in full effect. Weekly rotation. Reality. Weekly. Weekly. Weekly we will have one. Hating on my man Chris Bosch. And, Chris Bosch. Bosch. and last there. night, man, this was funny last night. Here we go. Meme number five. <laughs> Just look at him. What is he doing? He wanted to be interviewed. What do you mean? What is he doing? He wanted to be interviewed. Oh, man. Oh, man. man. Those, those heat jerseys were nasty last they night. They were. Oh, the yeah. gold on there. They are, Those are tough. and uh, with Ray Ray Allen's Elevens uh, that he had on too. I know, I know the Heat are getting so many fans now. I, I hate, like, I don't want to go over there, but it's just like, uh, oh. yes, they they are, they are. Um, let's wrap up right now. We have the Lazy Hour coming on r- right after us. Um, you can find us on Twitter. These, um, not the, it's just Sports, Sports Reality, Reality LV. LV. Um, on Instagram, it's the Sports Reality LV. Um, Pat, what's your Twitter page? My Twitter page at WAU Hoops at WAU Hoops, and my Instagram is at Coach PC Two. Yeah, yes. so definitely link up with him. Follow, stay 
Um, stay abreast of the WAU season. Go online, check out their schedule. Uh, WAU um, Athletics. Yes. yes, definitely. Thank you again, Coach and Pat. We appreciate you guys coming on the show, giving us a little preview of the game. Once again, don't forget to get your tickets for the doubleheader this Saturday night, starting at 7 p.m. And until next time, sports reality. Peace.